Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back. The advertising show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The advertising show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Late last year, in October and around that time period, we had a chance to talk to a, a good friend of the advertising show and a longtime friend, George Lois. And he was coming out with a brand new book, actually coming out officially here on March the 14th. The book is called Damn Good Advice for People with Talent. And it really is a cool compilation of his thoughts, his processes, and his commentary on advertising and uh, what uh, what you might do to, to better yourself. It's a no-holds-barred guide to success from the man who made you want your MTV. Damn good advice for people with talent by George Lois. So anyway, what we're doing is bringing it back. We've got the book coming out in March, and we've got a, a two-part interview with George. This is Today's interview is part one, and we hope you'll enjoy it. If you missed it back in October, uh, you're going to get a chance to hear it uh, here right now, as a matter of fact. So George Lois on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Enjoy. Welcome back to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The legendary George Lois is our very special guest for uh, for this show, and we also have him for uh, for an encore show coming up uh, here in October as well. America's master communicator is George the most creative, prolific advertising communicator in our time, running his own ad agencies, renowned for dozens of marketing miracles that triggered innovative and populist changes in America and the world culture. In his 20s, he was a pioneer of the landmark, uh, landmark creative revolution in American advertising. He introduced and popularized the Xerox culture. He created the concept and prototype uh, design for uh, the New York supplement for the Herald Tribune, the forerunner of uh, uh, New York Magazine. And it goes on and on and on. We'll talk about that as well. What we're talking to George about uh, today, uh, amongst other things, is a brand new book. And it's, it's great because it's time for a brand new book from George. This book is called Damn Good Advice for People with Talent. How to Unleash Your Creative Potential, and uh, it's, uh, it's a Fiden uh, publication. Damn Good Advice is the uh, culmination of a lifetime of iconoclastic and iconic thinking and teaching about the process of creativity in all phases of the graphic arts and indeed about uh, the, conduct, uh, the conduct of life itself. Time Magazine calls uh, Lois a media renaissance man. Huffington Post recently said, Many significant and great minds worship at the church of George Lois. And I'd suggest that uh, we're, we're, so we're in church today. I like that. Yeah, we're genuflect. Uh, I haven't been able to do that since I turned 50, okay? <laughs> and that mostly has to do with the fact that uh, Ray's circumcised, so he can do that if he needs to. I'm allowed to, yeah. How do, you, how do you know he's circumcised? Well, he yeah. told me that. Yeah, why do you... <laughs> he told me that before today's interview. And by the way, you've got him. two wonderful disciples uh, following the George <laughs> Lois uh, Church right here in Ray and Brad, so... Yeah, let's get, let's get off the circumcision stuff. Yeah. It's uh, a good thing. George, as always... <laughs> What a pleasure. I've always been on the cutting edge. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. George, uh, this book, Ray and I were discussing this book, and for those that are familiar with your previous books, they tend to think, in, I would imagine, in terms of the big, thick uh, 
what they call coffee table type books that are, you know, not only yeah. packed with wonderful visuals and the history of your uh, Esquire covers as the more recent as well as other uh, wonderful topics that you've covered over the years. And Ray and I were talking before today's show about how this particular book, unlike the other books, Damn Good Advice is jam-packed with wonderful advice and wisdom that comes from your background. But more importantly, at 10 bucks, I can't imagine how anyone could afford not to get this book. Well, I tell you, you know, I, I have I've done nine previous books, you know, and I'm very proud of all of them. And But they, they are, you know, sometimes they're not cocktail table books. They're, they're cocktail tables, you know. <laughs> But what's exciting about this is that you know it's it, 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 it the book is four and three quarters by seven, which is a, just perfect for the hand. You know, it's a handful. Of, I think it's a handful of dynamite, and it's and it's ten bucks, which means that there's not a not anybody. I think anybody can afford it, especially young people. You yeah. know, uh, that's what's really thrilling about it because uh, all my books I think are teaching books, but nothing like this because I really dig in. And I sit there and I say, if I had a, if I had a class with a million and a half kids in it, would I te- what would I teach them? Day, you know, day in and day out. You know, from from one lesson to the other. And I worked very hard on it, and I have 125 lessons that go from the, from uh, you know, from from explaining the four types of person that you can be. You know, uh, you know, it's very funny. I started the, I started my first the first spread. It says. Uh, there are only four types of person you can be. Identify yourself. I say one, very bright, industrious, you're perfect. Two, very bright, lazy, a damn shame. Hmm. You could be three, stupid and lazy, which is okay because you'll, you'll just sit on your ass so you're wash. <laughs> but if you're four, stupid and industrious, boy, are you dangerous. Right, you know? right. <laughs> and, and, and what I have to say, if you're number one or two, you'll get a lot of a lot out of this book. If you're number three or four, why the hell are you reading this book? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, George, we want to remind everyone that uh, this book comes out in March of 2012, that they can pre-order this book at Amazon.com. Uh, and I'm sure if you do a search there at Amazon.com slash damn-good-advice-people-talent or just George Lois, I'm sure it'll come up. And we'll, we'll, we'll uh, post, uh, Ray and I were discussing before the show, we'll post a link on our website on where you can find that if you uh, go to uh, theadvertisingshow.com. George, let's jump into your book. We're going to have... Uh, we're going to cover selectively a handful of your chapters that you have written here. Sure. And we're going to start with Follow Your Bliss. Knowing you, I thought it was going to be Follow Your Ass, but that wouldn't. <laughs> that was actually a cleaner version that you said, Follow Your Bliss. Share with us your thoughts on that. You'd have to walk that. backwards. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's, um, it really uh, reflects on uh, Sinclair Lewis's novel, Babbitt. You know, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell, you know, who did those wonderful uh, things for PBS, uh, he um, he was talking about Sinclair Lewis's novel, and he said uh, he said uh, I remember hearing it on TV. He said, "Remember the last line in the, in the book, Babbitt? The last line was Babbitt saying, I have never done a thing that I have wanted to do in my life.'" And since and Joseph Campbell said, "That is a man who never followed his bliss," mm-hmm. you know, and 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 that kind of it became a kind of an iconic line, and uh, my. 
one of my first uh, pieces of advice is kind of a no-brainer, but it's follow your bliss. I mean, try. If you're lucky, like me, I discovered what my bliss was was when I was a very young man, when I was drawing and designing from the time I was not five, seven, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. But what you have to, if you can, if you can identify that, that the thing that turns you on, the thing that gets you excited in life, the thing that that thrills you. That, that sit there and worry about the money you're going to make, but what, what the thrill of, of, of being involved in, 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 in doing something. You're the luckiest person in the world, you know. And, and, and so, so the first piece of advice, real advice, is follow your bliss. You know, Joseph Campbell's line is, um, is a really, uh, you know, a, a, thrilling, a thrilling idea, you know, very simply put. And, you know, I imagine a lot of people listening are in the advertising business, and if you don't love this business, you're not going to last long in it. And uh, Yeah, you know, you got to understand it. Half the people in advertising hate advertising. Hmm. You know, I mean, what are you, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you know, yeah. At the same, I mean, I don't think, uh, I think most of the people who are electricians really love working, being electricians. You know, doctors really love being doctors. You know, Uh, I mean, you know, you know, uh, know, I, I think if you can find a job that you can love. You know, you're, then you're not working. You, you know, you're just living a beautiful life. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and, and obviously, your work and other successful people in many walks of life reflects. If you're good at what you do, chances are there's a love of what you're doing that's in there. George, a lot of people may not be familiar with. We are here at the show about a book you wrote many years ago, one of your first books, George Be Careful, but it's uh, not only a great title, but it's something that came from uh, a dear family member of yours, isn't it? <laughs> right. Uh, well, I, I really uh, kind of nail, uh, you know, from the, from the beginning, I, I say it's my auntie's slogan, George Be Careful, because I talk about the fact that when I was, a, when I was a six months old or so, I, and I say to people, I remember it well, and they look at me like I'm nuts, right? But I remember it well. It was a stormy, dark night, and uh, and uh, it was thunder and lightning, and, and all of a sudden I looked up from my crib, and this gigantic white hand, you know, I realized years later that it was the hand of God, you know, Michelangelo's hand of God, and and he and I heard and I heard him his, his the, the voice of God say, George, be careful, and. Uh, and then my, my mother, you know, in Greek, always said to me, George, be careful. And my father said, George, be careful. And my teachers in school said, George, be careful. And uh, uh, the coaches were in, in all your sports. And then when I got, then when I was fighting in Korea, they say, George, be careful. But you know who really tells you to be careful? When, he, when I went into advertising and design, that's when everybody around you says, boy, George, be careful. In other words, you know, uh, don't do anything too edgy, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, um, in the act of creativity, being careful guarantees sameness and mediocrity, uh, which means your work will be invisible. So I say better to be reckless and careful, better to be bold and safe, better to have your work seen and remembered or you've struck out. So the name of the game, my anti-slogan is, is George, be careful. That's the last thing in the world I tell young people or anybody to be is careful. You've got it to, be, to, to, to do exciting to, uh, you know, to, to you know, the work that really knocks everybody on their ass. You've got to be on, on the edge and you've got to do exciting work that is not careful. You know, and George, you coined, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought if you didn't coin it, certainly you were living uh, and working in the time frame 
when the term was coined, and that was the big idea, a term that you hear sometimes today uh, about an idea that is such a big idea yeah, that I, it... I think I, I probably made it. I, I started saying that, believe it or not, when I was in my early 20s. You know, I, 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 everybody knows what the, the phrase, the big ideas have been around, but I yeah. always said, you know, I always do the big idea, capital T, capital B, capital I, you know, the big idea. And as far as I'm concerned, the, the big idea in advertising is uh, the big idea in advertising sears the virtues of a product into a viewer's brain and heart mm-hmm. uh, resulting in a sales explosion you know i mean it it it, it 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 makes you understand the product so well that you got to run out and buy it you know um i i, I you know, so they call me mr big idea you know and um and I'm proud to be called Mr. Big. What I don't, what I don't like being called is the original Madman. That's what. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Be well, we, and, we got that. You yeah. know, uh, and I get. I think the point there, uh, a point that may be missed uh, among young people, is. George didn't say a medium size idea or a slightly <laughs> above average idea, George. It's got to be a, really a big idea, right? XXL. <laughs> XXL, right? Extra long, too. Right. You know, it's interesting, too. In one of your chapters, you talk about all creativity should communicate in a nanosecond. And then I'm reminded of uh, just not uh, too long ago that Clear Channel came out with two second uh, spots they called blinks. Uh, and uh, I, I think of that, but obviously your description of a nanosecond and the communication is a little bit more uh, deeper than that. What yeah, is it? Well, about? it's interesting, you know. Like uh, I was at Yale last year, and I was looking at the work of a of a, of, a, uh, of the whole school, the art school, and the teachers have very proudly shown me the twenty or thirty of the best things that that were done that year. And I'm looking at every one of them, and I, you know, it took me. It, it I, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out most of them. <laughs> you know, like what? What did it say? What was it about? What was the subject matter? You know, I, it's amazing how. And, and, and I say that you look at something and and it should knock you on your ass you, immediately. On the, that doesn't mean when you get it that that you don't think hard about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you should. Get, uh, you know, like the example I think I used in in my in the book is I did an ad in nineteen. Uh, 60, uh, uh, you know, which was uh, at the time attacked by the establishment in advertising. You know, I did a black page in Life magazine and looked black page, completely black. And then in white type, you, in, in code marks, you hear, you read, John, is that Billy coughing? And then on the other side, it says, the, the, the man obviously is saying, get up and give him some cold in, right? That was the complete ad. No logo, no pen, no, no nothing, no, and, and, you know, nothing, uh, no package design, no nothing, zero. That was it. You know, everybody looked at that thing, and they, and, and this was pre, you know, you know, um, uh, you know, feminist, the feminism, you know, when, when I was saying it like it is, you know, the woman says, I try to stop Billy Coffee, he said, get the hell up and, and, and take care of him, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, and, right. You know, the male showing his sons of bitches. And, and we're looking at a copy of the ad, and I think the point... Uh, it, but that ad shocked people when they saw it. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and uh, Ed A., you know, uh, uh, they were advertising uh, trade papers that attacked the ad and huh. said, what, what is going on with these, with this uh, this young person who's supposed to be a, a young genius doing it. It, what, it it's got no it's got no body copy it's got no package packaging size. that's not advertising you know what happened is their sales went up like two thousand percent you know right. wow. 
Wow. But the point is, you should be able to look at an ad, you should be able to look at, an ad, at anything you do, a uh, logotype you do, you should be able to look at a magazine cover, and you should get it. If you don't get it, you know, I mean, who's got time to spend one, two seconds, on, on a second and a half on anything in this world? You're yeah. absolutely right. You, you, I mentioned here, don't expect a creative idea to pop out of your computer. Where should it pop out of, George? Uh, what's amazing, uh, you know, uh, and again, it, 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 in, in, in teaching kids, I, I teach classes sometimes, and afterward I, I sit down with the kids, I watch them uh, I, 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 to go about their work, and I sit down with the kid, and, I, and the kid's working at his computer. I said, uh, listen, what are you working on? He said, well, I'm trying to do this and this. Okay, now what's the idea? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, you don't know? What, what are you looking at? I said, take a deep, you know, look deeply, deeply into the screen. There's nothing there. <laughs> you know, uh, the computer's a mindless speech machine producing tricks without substance, without form, without relevant content, content without meaning form. What you got to do is get an idea separately somewhere. Go inside, look in the, in the mirror, talk to yourself. You know, get a pad, get a pencil, do, or, or just stick your finger up your ass, you know, but come up with an idea. And then when you get the idea, then you got a great, great, great tool, because there's nothing great in working on, I mean, I can do, you know, when I, I work with my son, Luke, we can do, uh, you know, what I used to do in one day, uh, you know, in, in two weeks, we could do in a couple of hours these yeah, days. Right. And, you know, uh, we see on programs today, news programs, uh, entertainment programs, they all want to talk about what's trending on Facebook, or what's trending on Twitter, or what's trending online, what are people searching for at Google. And it, many years ago, uh, if and still today, I think, when, when an advertiser, uh, or when an agency, I should say, vis-a-vis an advertiser, comes up with a wonderful campaign, a unique and novel idea, George, you know it's a hit when three, four, five of your competitors come out with a similar idea over the next, you know, yeah, many... Yeah, I just described before, <laughs> you know, the, the black background with the cold bean, the Jonas, that's yeah, coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About two dozen ads came up, came about that next year, all with black backgrounds that had nothing to do with nothing. You know what I mean? But the point is, uh, the, the real time uh, when trend, trend Talk comes about is, is uh, at the end of every year, you know, Newsweek especially, your know, newspapers call, call you up and they say, yeah, what do you think the trends in advertising will be in the coming year? You know, and my answer is always, uh, beast the shit out of me. I'll know it when I do it, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, what's the point? Why do you want to know, right? Yeah, of course. A trend is, I mean, a trend, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect, in fact, in the, in the, in my, uh, in, in the book, I, I, I show a trend is always a trap and I got a rat trap there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you're looking at trends, uh, and there's nothing wrong with looking at trends as long as you're looking at them to make sure and not do something that's trending, but actually look for the opposite. Right? Sure, absolutely. You go to the opposite. You know, you know, the, the, you know. My, I think my last line and there's something like in any creative agency, the fact that others are moving in a certain direction is always too positive, at least to me, that a new direction is the only direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, one final question, and then we're going to take a quick break here, uh, George. Uh, You've been quoted as saying, why in the world would you want to just settle for being a creative thinker when you can be a cultural provocateur? Uh, so what do you mean by that, George? It sounds illegal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it probably is illegal. Yeah, in some states. You know, I think, I think the job of anybody in any kind of in a commu- in, in, uh, in graphic communication, any kind of communication, is to be um, 
is to not only be uh, uh, to understand the culture, but but is to be a, literally ahead of the culture, and even more importantly, to help change the culture. And I and I think I've done that with a lot of ad campaigns. I've done I've done it with a lot of uh, uh, you know magazine covers. I've done you know you got Muhammad Ali. You know everybody America hates him because he uh, he changes the religion. You know he uh, he. Uh, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he he went from being a Christian to a Muslim, and then he uh, wouldn't fight in, the, in that stupid war, that stupid Vietnam War, and uh, and uh, and, uh, and uh, he uh, he becomes a uh, you know a, a hated man. And I do a cover where I show him as a as a martyr, as Saint Sebastian, you know. Um, and a cover, a magazine cover like that, literally helped change America's mind about the guy, you know, and and help, and that's being a cultural provocateur. I mean, I think you, anybody with real talent in any creative industry should be using that talent not only to sell product, etc., but every chance you get, you should do things that you can help, you know, that you can help, you know, talk truth to power. Wonderful. George Lois on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. The book is called, the new book is called, Damn Good Advice for People with Talent, How to Unleash Your Creative Potential by America's Master Communicator, George Lois. We uh, will continue our conversation here in just a moment. Stay right here. We know you will. The book is called Damn Good Advice for People with Talent, How to Unleash Your Creative Potential by America's Master Communicator, uh, George Lois, in a passionate, punchy, and pungent writing style, uh, demonstrates and ultimately teaches us to discover our creative potential. Uh, breakthrough thinking as words continue to inspire through every stage of the creative process. This is a great book, George. So nice to have you on the show, and thanks for being here. Uh, we have, uh, uh, this is uh, from one of the chapters, it says, you can never learn anything from a mistake. And boy, is that a phrase that's overused. Uh, well, i got to tell you, you know, that kind of shocks people when you hear Everybody says, well, you know, that's how you learn things in this world. You make a mistake, you figure out what you did wrong, and then and you make sure you don't uh, make the, that mistake again. I say it's bullshit. I say <laughs> when, you're, when you're in the area of creativity, um, you know, um, and you come up with something exciting and dramatic, and, and or, you know, and, and and on the cutting edge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If somehow it fails, and there, a lot of times things fail, but not because it wasn't a, a big idea, but because there was extenuating circumstances, marketing things, et cetera. What it normally does, it what a, what a what a failure like that does is, it's supposed to give you pause. It shakes you up. It humbles you. Well, you know, if you're a humble, if you're a humble person and you sit there and you think, "Oh my God, I made a mistake," you'll be a failure the rest of your life. You know, you 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 know you you have to continue to be a fearless, creative thinker, and you and you should go. And I, I, I think my my last line is, "You're know, onward and upward, and never give your failures a second thought." Do not sit there and think about your failures. You may have had some, but forget about it. You know, uh, George, I think it's unique to advertising and maybe a few other fields. If you are a professional advertising person that's responsible for creating uh, advertising that's going to drive customers to a client's place of business and purchase their products or services, we in this business aren't given opportunities to have failures. They'll find somebody else that can 
you know, hit it out of the park every time. And and uh, there are not a lot of fields, I guess, that are, are like that. Other fields, you can make a mistake and learn from it and pick yourself up. But you're spending millions of dollars of your clients' money, and they're depending on you to make it happen. If you learn something from a failure, what, what it means is the next time you do uh, something for somebody else, if you come up with a really exciting idea, you'll say, oh, I better not do that. I better, I better pull back. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you're, and, and, and you're going to be a failure. I see. You lose your confidence is what you're you saying. You lose your confidence. You lose, your, 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 you lose everything that's, that's great about being, uh, doing great work. You have to be, you, you have to be adventurous. You have to be, you, you have to be, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you have to be innovative. You have to be entertaining. You have to be shocking. Or what I call, I don't call it shocking. I call it seat. I call advertising and anything you do in graphic art and graphic design. You have to be, you have to do work that's, that's, um, that's uh, seemingly outrageous. When you look at it, you think it's outrageous, and then you realize it's on the nose. You know, we talked about the big idea earlier, last segment, and, you know, you, you've, you've been a big uh, promoter of driving a big idea to the very edge, but you've also said that there is a point in time where you can go off the cliff if you go too far. Talk a little bit about that, George. Well, I mean, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, it, you know, you have to break down everything you do, but the point is... You can come up with what you think is a big idea, but the execution of it should be done so that you bring it to the very edge. It's got to be bought so it's so guy, so it's so memorable, so it's so it's uh, that's it's, it's so dramatic that uh, you know that it explodes. You know, and what usually happens is a lot, there are a lot of people who might have come up with things that you could consider big ideas, but they but they don't um, execute them in an exciting, dramatic way. They 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 they, they pull back. You know, because they think if they've gone too far, you know. Um, and, and what I say is, um, is you got to drive your idea to the very edge of the cliff. But if you go to too far, to fiery death. Well, I'd rather have a fiery death once in a while, you know, once every ten years, than than every one of my my job being dead in the water. Yeah. It sounds like you've. Uh, if you don't do that, you've already died a fiery death, Absolutely. so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you know that's uh, that's uh, you know uh, you know uh, you know uh, what you you, know, you want to do thrilling work and you want to do but you want to do work that really seemingly shocks you know you know uh, that that really uh, that people look at and are surprised as hell and and that and and, and uh, when they go to work the next morning they uh, they talk about it you know when they're having coffee. You know? <laughs> George, explain what you mean by the ultimate act of scholarship and theater in the art of selling. What is that all about? The the, the great example that I've always been filled with was uh, uh, the great art dealer, Lord Duveen, you know, the English uh, English art dealer, uh, who was uh, selling, you know, the great masterpiece of the world. And he couldn't get get anywhere with J.P. Morgan, who was the richest collector of the 20th century. And... um, and, and he finally wangles an invitation to to to, to go to J.P. Morgan's home, and he gets to Morgan's home, and he rings the bell, and they open the door, and there's Morgan waiting for him. And Morgan doesn't say hello; he just points. He just says, "Lord," and just points to uh, um, three uh, Ming vases, big, beautiful, 16th-century Ming vases, and um, <laughs> and uh, he, and he says to Devine, "Here are three the the uh, his his five vases three of these are 
authentic Ming vases, and two of the five are exact copies that cost me a fortune to have made. Examine them carefully and tell me which two are the fakes. And Devine, without blinking an eyelash, walks over to them, a very dandyish guy, walks over to them, he, he always carried a cane, lifted his cane and smashed two of the vases to smithereens. Crash, crash. Um, and from that moment, every painting and art object that J.P. Morgan collected until he died, hmm. he bought from, uh, from, from Devine. I mean, that to me is the ultimate act of scholarship, because he knew exactly which two were the fakes, which is stunning, without almost even examining them, and it's a scholarship and theater in the art of selling. Mm. And I tell everybody in, in create, in, in involved in the creative act, doing anything in any industry, if I don't care how great, great you are, if you can't sell, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. You have to be able to know, learn how to sell. And, 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 the mo- and, I, and I use this as the most dramatic example because you've got to know your stuff, like, like Devine, but, and you've got to really show the people you're talking to that you, that you really know your stuff. And to do it with drama, as, as he did. If, uh, to do it with such... I, I, I mean, I tell you, imagine that event that <laughs> lifted his cane and he smashed two of the bars. Yeah. J.P. Morgan must have shit. You could never forget that. I mean, yeah. And think, you got it. And he didn't, because from then on, everything J.P. Morgan bought, he bought from Devine. Hmm. You know, uh, Ray and I were discussing before the interview today one of your chapters. And by the way, before we wrap up the show with this final question, your book has wonderful graphics supporting all of these uh, concepts that we're talking about today. And at $10, if you're new or old to this business, it's an interesting read. But if you're under the age of 30, you have no excuse to uh, not buy $10 worth of of uh, wisdom and, and advice from uh, legendary George Lois. But we've all sat in meetings, George. Uh, Ray and I were discussing before today's interview. And we've heard after we get our, uh, you know, our presentation out there and we realize we've got, you know, everybody nodding their head vertically up and down. We've, we're getting the buy-in of the CEO, the CMO. Everybody's, uh, you know, on board. And there's always one, I'll just say person, I'd like to have an adjective, Adjective for that. Thank you uh, to precede that, but I'm not going to. But there's always one in the room that is the contrarian that's going to say, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. Let me play devil's advocate for a moment. And you usually say what to that? Uh, First of all, they should go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. I mean, and you know what? Brad and Ray, there is one in every room. Yeah. I mean, if you got enough people in there, there's one that you, you've got to identify. That you got. You, sometimes I go in there and I say, and, I, and there's a meeting with maybe you're talking to 12 people, and I, I say, I, I look it over and I say, I, I got to identify the asshole who's going to say that, you know. And you kind of smell it out when you when you when you look at the dumb look in their eyes, you know. But that's, I mean, that is such a fake way to uh, to critique anything, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, I, there's nothing wrong with criticism and nothing wrong with giving your opinion about something. But, but let me play devil's advocate. What the hell does that mean, you know? Uh, and those are, that, that, that's, those are dangerous people. I say, and people say, well, you've got to handle those guys. And, you know, I really go, I, I rip their eyeballs out when they say that. <laughs> you know, and there's one, uh, you're right, there's one in every room, and, the, and uh, I don't really, they're usually trying to make themselves 
look smart to the boss, and they're really yeah, of course. You know the guy's not not passionate or not. He's not being. He's not really serious about the about what he's what he's talking about. You know he's he's bullshit and he's and he's playing up to the boss. You know he's, he wants yeah. to look good to the boss. And any boss who falls for somebody in his in his gang who says I'd like to play devil's advocate on this should look at the guy and should throw him out the window. <laughs> well, well, let's let's set him aside for a moment. Ask one final question. And by the way, if you like what you hear, next month we're going to repart, uh, re, uh, we're going to have part two of the of this same uh, of not this same but of the continuation of today's topic uh, on damn good advice by George Lois. But just as we wrap up here, because I think it relates to what we're talking about not right. not the devil's advocate, but the client. Uh, the client has a, a point or two and, and uh, maybe uh, gives a little bit of an objection to what you're doing. And we've all sat in meetings such as that. And yet what you would need to do to accommodate your client is not going to compromise your work. Uh, and it's going to be uh, compromising to your client, but yet not compromising to your message. And you suggest that that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, sometimes um, uh, I always I, I say, you know, I, I have one thing in the book that talks about you should never back down when a client is screwing up your work. You know, uh, but I and my and I say, but that doesn't mean you can't be accommodating. And, and I tell a story about when I was doing an ad for um, for uh, Ronson Electric Shavers and, and the uh, and the, uh, the the honcho Louis Avidson was uh, a terrific guy, but kind of a pain in the ass, and he was very argumentative, and I was working on this, on an ad, which turned out to be a great ad, for about, oh my God, a couple of months, it was driving me crazy, it was a two-page ad, and then finally, uh, he said, okay, I, I, I kind of changed it two or three times, and, and, uh, not to hurt the work, but it, it, it still was terrific, the, the way I had it, and finally he said, uh, okay, I was about to go to press with it, and he said, um, Gee, George, I wonder how this would look in two. I wonder how this two-page ad would look in, in one page. And <laughs> I ripped it in half, and I held them both up with my two hands. And um, he wasn't abused, but he ran the ad. It was a winner, you know. <laughs> he got uh, the point. <laughs> yeah, he got the point. You know, enough is enough. You know, I mean, so you don't have to say a word sometimes. Sometimes a guy says, you know, how would look? How would a two-page ad look like in one page? And I rip it in half. And that was that was your version of bre- breaking the two vases. Yeah, I, without saying one word, the guy I, I was saying to him, "Hey, schmuck." You know, <laughs> <laughs> George Lois, our guest here on the Advertising Show. The book uh, on Fiden uh, will be available in March, but you can go to Amazon now and look at it. Damn Good Advice for People with Talent, How to Unleash Your Creative Potential by America's Master Communicator, George Lois. You're going to hear more in our part two of this interview here on The Advertising Show. We know you'll love that, too, as well. Thanks for listening. George, thanks again for being a part of today's show. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Brad. Love you both. Love you, too, George. So there you have part one of two of our interviews with George Lois as he talks about his brand new book uh, coming out in uh, March, March 14th to be exact. Damn good advice for people with talent. And by the way, if uh, you can also check out a little feature that Vanity Fair did in a place called Fanfare within that magazine. That's the, uh, the March issue of... Uh, Vanity Fair as well for George's new book. But we enjoyed the interview today. Hope you enjoyed it as well. And we come back next week with part two of this interview with George Lois here at the Advertising Show, which is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production, and we'll see you next week.
Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.